serve it up to the whiskey run dry you take your sugar and take your sweets leave your blind and welcome, everybody, to the Lunacy Podcast. My name is Tony. I'm here with Dave and David. Dave Stevens, David Sterling. I'm Tony Pervenanzi. Connor Ennis is away because he's really busy, super busy. So I don't blame him, really, because who'd want to talk about the crap we have to talk about from last night? But, uh, yeah. To be, to be fair, Tony, he did say he wasn't going to be available well before last night, the start of the last night's That's game, true. I believe. So. I, think, I think he knew. I think he had a premonition that it was going to be a shitty game and well, it wasn't a shitty game, but it was a shitty half and uh, yeah. he had a premonition and he decided not to be on the podcast. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Premonition. Take it yeah. Yeah. You know, appreciate, you know, we always appreciate the, you know, the, uh, the notice instead of, you know, last minute drop. So yeah, exactly sure. right. So anywho, um, we haven't been Wait, on for two weeks. Is that a dig weeks. at me? Is that a dig at me? Uh, I tend to pretty, get uh, last second. Uh, um, maybe, yeah, I didn't say that directly, David, but maybe, yeah, maybe indirectly a little bit of a, but yeah. hey, hey, you know, you're, you're thousands of miles away down in Florida. Some of those are, are completely understandable. So, well, and actually, none of them are justified. No, they're really <laughs> honestly drinking, drinking with the neighbors on a Sunday and saying you can't make it is kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least yeah, so it's been two weeks, guys, since we were on the podcast. Uh, took a week off because the loons had a week off, and uh, it was nice to be kind of uh, kind of take a break. No loons news happening in that two week period. No hooky uh, watch, nothing of that shit no, going on. It's, it's been a so, quiet couple of weeks, really, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has been. Um, I know last weekend was Father's Day weekend, and uh, I headed out to the horse track. Like I do every weekend or every Father's Day weekend, and uh, been on some horses and uh, didn't win much of anything, so that was fun. Uh, David, did you do anything fun for Father's Father's Day weekend? I don't remember it. Um, no, I don't think so. I think we just spent the entire day at the pool, something like that. There you go. That sounds nice. Sounds yeah. good to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we did. Yeah. Um, Dave and I went to, did a little excursion yesterday after lunch. We went up to Nordic Brewing in uh, Monticello to see their new, uh, they remodeled the interior. So they have a bigger bar and now they can also serve alcohol and wine. And uh, we noticed when he went in there that they had a bunch of taps from Dangerous Man. And we're like, well, what the heck? Nice. And our bartender guy was actually the owner. I said, what's with the dangerous man taps? He goes, oh, they're friends of ours. And uh, we're trying to get our tap pa- taps back up and running after we did the remodel. So they allowed us to put a bunch of their beers on our taps. He's like, when we get everything back, back and running, we will have one rotating tap of dangerous man at all times. Which is pretty cool, pretty cool. right? I mean, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh we went up there and they have a cool system now where you like log in, uh you do the you take a picture of the thing and then you log in and you order your beers and stuff right from your phone. So um yeah, it was pretty pretty sweet. And then of course play some pinball, play some golden tea, and uh checked it out. So yeah, it's a good time. It was, yeah, and that was the first time I had been to Nordic Burn, so it was it was all new for me. So it was kind of Cool. Yeah, I I enjoyed that space and what you know it's located up in Monticello, like you mentioned, 
in the strip mall. And then my, I was surprised walking into that place, how much space they actually have now after that remodel yeah. looks great in there. Awesome. It's huge. So they got a lot of space up in there and they're, they're good people up there and uh, good beers. So, uh, David, uh, today you tried to catch an alligator we saw. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 When fishing for the first time down here, well, technically legally the first time. Um, mm. and, uh, we went to these lakes over where we, the neighbors and I go, uh, trap shooting and there were numerous alligators. Um, and that was a, a new experience for me because I've never one technically fished down here. But one time that I fished was actually in the Gulf. Um, and now this time was, you know, freshwater. So that was the first thing. But then just being around alligators, like we could just see them 10, 15 yards hanging out. Well, we were by two that decided we're very interested in what we were doing. And um, I cast out and it just one of them decided that my bobber looked like a tasty snack. <laughs> and so it clamped up, it swam very quickly. I was impressed. I've never seen that either in the wild. I mean, it just took off like a torpedo and its mouth opened up and poosh. And so we thought what better thing to do than to actually try to reel it in. Um, so of course, unfortunately we do not have any video evidence of this. I was the only one that had my phone on me and it was in my pocket. One neighbor had his pull, pull already out in the water cast, sorry, out of the water. And the other was putting bait on his pole. So there was just absolutely no way to record this, but um, I got it probably 10 yards from me. Um, it did a barrel roll cause it got pissed off, I think. And it finally decided that that wasn't something it wanted to eat and it swam off. Nice. Yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> barrel roll. It was a very different, very different experience. <laughs> so you think he, Trying to catch he, he jumped, he grabbed, he, he latched onto the bobber itself floating up at the surface. Now. Yeah. So what was even better was, yeah, so we were using shiners, minnows for bait, but they were, the bait was like two and a half feet below the bobber. So once he finally let go of it, I reeled it in to see if I still had the shiner and sure enough, it was still there. So I was able to cast back up, but nice. Yeah. Get, first, catch anything legit. down there? Um, yeah, actually I was the only one that caught something. Um, they were too small to keep. Um, they're just two smallmouth bass. Um, I don't think the one was maybe, well, it's not like it, you can even see this. Um, the one was maybe seven inches, and then the second one was maybe a little bit bigger than that. But they looked pretty similar in size. Well, they were not the same fish because they were from two different parts of the lake. It'd be cool if you caught that alligator, though. <laughs> well yeah so sarah asked me you know she's like okay wait you tried to reel it in and we we're trying to figure out well, how else are we going to get everything back figure we put up a fight and see if it just gives up which it did but she's like well what were you going to do if it would have just let you pull it into shore and i was like mm-hmm. i don't know kind of thinking about that while we were doing it but <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what you would do probably drop the ball and take off <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. There. Well, great. Uh, so alligators on uh, fishing poles and uh, yeah, another Florida experience for David down there in uh, Fort Myers. Fantastic. 
Um, guys, we should talk about beers because I think, well, I have a new brewery today. Uh, one from my trip to Duluth a couple weeks ago. David, do you have a new brewery today? I do. David's got a new brewery. Dave, do you have a new brewery? I do not. No. No. <laughs> just, just log off. Tony, yeah, just, yeah, it's fine. Fine. I'll do. I'll do my best for the next one. It's, I, you know, the new breweries are a few, kind of few and far between. But you guys are yeah. doing well, keeping it, keeping it rolling. Uh, uh. All right, Dave. We'll uh, we'll start with you. What are you drinking tonight? Yeah. Well, I happened to grab. Um, actually, I had. I got got a beer from Elm Creek, and I know I probably what a month ago I probably featured a beer from Elm Creek as well. But yeah, Tony, if you remember, of course, on Thursday after work, I met you over at Elm Creek with your sister in law and her friend, and so I did some. You know, I wasn't necessarily planning on grabbing a crawler uh, there, and you know, no, knowing that we were going to do the pod tonight, but I wasn't necessarily planning on it. However, Tony, I had the Golden Hope. That was my first beer that I had when I got there. It's a um, it's a wit beer specifically like with blood orange puree put into it. Um, and it was the first beer I got on Thursday and it was just incredible. So I kind of knew right then and there, OK, I'm going to have to get a crawler of this. And somehow I didn't drink it over the weekend. And so I got to save it for the podcast. And that's why I'm going to feature it. And so even though we featured Elm Creek plenty of times, this one I have not had before. And in fact, I'm looking at the their, their tap list right now, and they they it's not available. So I might have got lucky, grabbed the last batch of it. Um, I don't even see a wit, wit beer, wheat beer on their on their menu. So I'm, I feel kind of lucky. But yeah, it's it's five and a half, five about five point six percent, I should say. And I think you know our first beer, we were sitting out on the patio, hot day, and it was just incredibly refreshing, mm-hmm. smooth, easy drinking, just a perfect summer beer. And so yeah, that's why I went with it. And so yeah. There it is. Fantastic. Mount Creek. Sorry, I forgot that we went out there on Thursday and yeah, I met up with my sister, sister-in-law and her friend Kristen and I uh, had some beers out there and uh, yeah, Elm Creek's good. And they've, of course, and they've looks a lot different than when we've been there. Uh, David, I think the last time you were there uh, before you left for Florida, they hadn't really done yeah. any of their work yet. And now it looks totally different. I mean, it's, they got a huge back patio now, tables in a grassy area. They've got the little uh, like triangle awnings up top that kind of keeps the sun away a little bit. It's very nice. They did a great nice. job back there, and uh, they've remodeled inside too, so it doesn't look like a ruby. It doesn't look like a uh, was it Ruby Tuesdays anymore? Exactly. No, that's, the exact, that, that's the exact yeah. comment I made because I we were talking on Thursday and I said, yeah, I used to because I worked just a mile up the road and I said, yeah, I used to come in here all the time for lunch, you know, back when it was a Ruby Tuesday, and, and it is nice that yeah, you wouldn't you. I mean, of course, I know, and people who've been there know, but uh, you by looking at it, by walking in there, you wouldn't, you might have a, a feeling that it might have been something else, but you wouldn't have necessarily known it was Ruby Tuesday anymore, at least. And yeah, Tony, like you said, that back patio, you know, we were there; it was ninety plus degrees, sunny, but yeah, those it, so it was hot out. But those those triangle awnings that they have hanging overhead in the back patio are mm-hmm. just fantastic. So great space, even better now. So, yep, good times, and of course, they've expanded to the other side to put in more barrels uh to get their mm-hmm. brewing more up and running i think also do distribution as well so uh yeah. yeah they're doing a great job there um i went uh well, i'll go next uh i have a beer from duluth it's from okay. uh canal park brewing company that is in of course canal park uh it is their north coaster light american light lager um, and this is what it says on the can, guys. They went into in depth on this. 
Brewed on a quest for a super refreshing American light lager, the ultimate companion to a summer adventure. It quenches a fierce thirst, but won't weigh you down. Perfectly crafted for you after a long day mountain biking to Duluth Hills, kayaking the St. Louis River, or hiking the Lake Superior Beach with your best furry friend. It's like we bottle the light that bounces off the waves. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's pretty that wonderful. They have, little, they have a little dog on there. See? Little oh, yeah. Puppy. yeah, there it is. It is very light, guys. It is only 3.5%. The IBUs are 10. So wow. it's very light. It's very refreshing. You could have a lot of these and still be okay. So, um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. I, I really enjoy this one. If anybody's ever up there, Canal Park Brewing is off of, uh, well, it's in Canal Park, but it's kind of on the north end of Canal Park, uh, right between a couple of uh, hotels up there. So it's kind of easy to miss if you don't know where it's at. But uh, take a look because it's a great place to go. And they have a great, they've served food there too. Um, and they also uh, have a great outdoor area with a bunch of games and shit. And there's also an outdoor area on the back, which looks out onto the lake. So it is a great place to hang out. Um, Dave, what do you have from the land of Florida tonight? David. So I have, um, it's the Tropunk, Tropunk IPA. It's from... King State Brewing in, um, I believe it's technically Tampa. I had to do some research on this. Um, they are actually what they consider a microbrewery, and they do uh, microbrewing and coffee roasting, and then also food. Um, this beer was technically brewed for them, by the Brutalist, which is a contract brewing facility in St. Pete. Um, and that is run by the former head brewer of Hidden Springs, which I believe I had a beer of theirs mm -hmm. maybe a few weeks ago, month and a half. familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So um, a bit of a long-winded way of saying it's King State Brewing. Um, it's a tropical IPA, as you would think uh, based on the name Tropunk. Um, it is a combination of Mosaic, Citra, Azaka, and Nelson Sovin, Sovin hops. I'm not even sure what those are. Um, it's mango-y. Um, it's very tropical. I, I would say, I think I taste maybe some orange and pineapple in it. Um, it's 6.3% ABV. Uh, the IBUs it, are unknown, but I don't think they're that high. It, they, it's pretty smooth, smooth drinking IPA. Um, it's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's pretty standard tropical IPA, mm -hmm. uh, but it's definitely very, it's definitely juicy. Um, but it, it's, it's good. I could drink a lot of these. Yeah, I bet you could. 6.5. It's not bad. Well, fantastic, guys. Good beers all around. Let's go from good things to bad things. Well, kind of bad, kind of good. Let's talk about the Loons game last night, guys. It uh, was out at RSL, Real Salt Lake. Uh, we did have about eight supporters out there, which they showed on camera numerous times, uh, which was good. nice. That's nice. Um, we had no uh, bench yesterday again, guys. We had our typical uh, two goalkeeper bench going on. Um, and we had no, I mean, 
I think our bench was down because there's a couple guys who were on uh international duties Inter- again. International yep. duties, yeah. Obviously, Dane St. Clair is still away with uh, mm-hmm. Canada and has been mm-hmm. for the last week, what week plus now. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming that was another part of it. So yeah. You did, yeah. It was really thin though. You had Ar- Ariaga. I guess one of the highlights, you know, at, at least at the start of the game, was seeing uh, Bagi Dubasi, uh, mm-hmm. you know, available for the first time yeah, this year. So mm-hmm. um, that was pretty exciting to see, even though it was Tony, like you said, a short bench. But uh, yeah, so therefore, interesting lineup. The other, I mean, the highlight, I think, not surprisingly, maybe based on what we saw, you know, prior to the to the buy, I guess, was you know Manuel Reynoso making mm-hmm. his first start of the year. You know, at yeah. a 10. So that was kind of exciting. And then, but, you know, I, my first thought was, wow, he's coming back in, coming back into, you know, finally start a game for the first time this year. And, but, you know, and you look off to his left, you got Sang Bin and Hoangway out wide right. And then, of course, Mena Garcia up top. So it was an interesting lineup, even though it was kind of thin. But where was, uh, where was, was Franco injured? Good question. Cause I did not Very hear funny. anything on that coming into the game. I yeah. believe he, is isn't he like well he's gotta be he if he's not he was on the bench he didn't play last game did he mm, i don't remember that was two weeks yeah, ago it's, so. it, it's bad that you know we're a minnesota united podcast and we don't know this mm-hmm. but i i feel like that's the case i believe yeah please hurt okay that's what i kind of figured yesterday when i saw the lineup i was like well if franco was going he'd be starting saying ben would not be starting because Technically, with Sangbin and Mender starting, uh, we have no backups at the forward position. Right. I mean, we we do kind of with Dunbar, but not really. You know, that means yeah. no. We had Dunbar was our only offensive guy on the bench. That's he correct. was the only one. That's all we had. So, um, and of course, Robin, I think Robin Lud is out international duty as well. No, he's out. He's out. He's out. He's out. Yeah, that's right. He's gone. Yeah. His menis- meniscus tear. Yeah, and oh, that's I remember right. we heard Sorry. that it was. It could be quite a, a long. If you know, Sorry. he might be lucky to even make it back this year. Mm-hmm. So, but but mm-hmm. yeah, no. I mean, because of that, right. certainly. And just to circle back for you guys, Franco Frangapani was in the starting eleven versus Montreal. Okay. Um, back on June tenth, so it, maybe. So it maybe he's getting transferred out too. <laughs> could be. Yeah, probably. Yeah, he's transferred. So, uh, yeah, the lineup was a little bit awkward. Uh, we had uh, Valentin on the right side. We had DJ Taylor on the left side, I believe. Um, the Bossy, of course, was on the bench, guys. Uh, so that was interesting. I know they weren't going to bring DeBossi and put him back in the starter, but I've got to believe that he's trying to get back into starting yeah. fitness, um, which will be which will take either DJ Taylor or, or Valentin off. Uh, one of those sides so yeah it, it's um, in, interesting you know you know tony again with the the absences of course joseph rosales the honduras dane sinclair like to mention chimera lawrence you know he had he was struggling with injuries but they're right. all away he inter- was international he was away too that's right yeah, yeah yeah i forgot about taxi he was off too so yeah um so i start this game guys and i gotta say i missed like the first 10 minutes because i totally blank that the game was on at 8 30 and uh so i didn't see the first i don't know what happened in the first 10 minutes but i know um, that we we looked well i mean we looked okay in the when we, i started coming in 
Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, I remember, David, we had a little back and forth as the game first started. And I, I don't think, I wouldn't say it started out great. I think we were, I, I mean, I know, I believe you had some complaints about Bongi early on. Um, it, 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 believe me, what we saw for, you know, the second half of the first half was not what we saw in the first 10, 15 minutes, Tony, that you missed, basically. I don't think yeah. there's anything to panic about, but it wasn't, you know. It, it was not bad. I mean, we had our, it was, it was sloppy. Um, which it usually is. Um, it was, you know, we had a few chances that were bungled by one player or another doing too much. Um, you know, it, it was pretty typical, prototypical Minnesota United start of a match, but it wasn't bad. No. Uh, well, I mean, well, relatively speaking, um, I mean, it, it could have been much, much better, but it wasn't like Dave, as Dave said, it wasn't like panic mode or anything. Um, I mean, RSL wasn't really doing a whole lot with it either. Uh, but since Dave brought it up, um, yeah, I had significant issues with Bongi's play early on because he gave up three possessions, um, two in dangerous locations, Um then he ended up having that really great run into the box and he just kind of ran out of room and didn't do anything with it and lost that possession. Um, yeah, I mean, that was not a bright spot for us. Um, Sang Bin then had a really great run um, out of the, off the left side into the box and just, I think he, faked himself out honestly I, I think he just did too many overs and mm -hmm. lost the ball um, so i mean that was kind of the the way things were going yeah and then yeah it but, was early i think it was inside the 10 minutes bongi you know after his miss maybe missed a chance if you want to call that he had he had that handball um yes. kind of led to a led to a a, a free kick for rsl yeah. they ended up having a, a shot that was uh missed but uh they i think it was you know rsl had to better of the first 15 20 minutes let's just say that but oh and then of course mm. if we want to roll in speaking of better chances in the first 15 20 minutes what about a, it looked like or we thought that rsl at least watching it real time it looked like rsl was going to have a penalty kick um yes because was it uh, dj taylor look it looked like he brought you know i i, I can't remember the player off the top of my head but it looked like basically um yeah it looked like dj taylor brought somebody down in the box the referee immediately pointed to the spot, said PK, and then of course it did go into VAR, VAR review. So, yeah, and it was once you—I mean, in real time, it definitely looked inside the box. But as soon as you got to see a replay, you could tell it happened outside of the box. Um, yeah, yeah. And so it was the first opportunity for our cell fans to boo. Um, yeah. But there'd be more yeah. as it goes. <laughs> If the fans are booing, it's probably a correct decision. Um, and that's that was the case. It was definitely, it was very clearly correct. Yeah. And they're going to, everybody's going to see it. And, you know, everybody saw it at halftime and they knew better. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it was an interesting one. I mean, I think, you know, clearly the right decision was made not to allow a penalty kick. We were all in agreement there, at least on this podcast. But uh, interesting, though, it almost looked like the ref may have kind of bungled it by not calling yeah, foul yeah. 
outside the box because then by default there was no foul call all var can do is review is there a foul inside the box there wasn't they were correct i believe yep. in that but then it basically the ball ended up because there's no foul the ball defaults to the defense you know in that case i think it was a goal kick so yeah and you know i still don't get that i i feel like if there was i mean if there was a initial call of a pk there has to be, well, I guess there doesn't have to be a foul, but it, it's weird to me. I, I still can't wrap my head around that whole situation because why wouldn't you be able to in that instance? I get that normally a VAR cannot review a foul unless it's a red card um, or a PK, um, but why would there not be in that instance the situation where you still get to call a foul yeah because i mean just because it wasn't a pa doesn't mean it wasn't a foul especially in this instance it was a foul yeah i think i mean i think it was pretty clear he dragged yeah, it I, down yeah he he definitely had a hold of him it just makes for a more it just gives the fans more reason to boo and just makes for kind of an awkward experience awkward mm-hmm. instance on the field you know because hey what happened there, there was a foul but and most people would agree it was a foul. I mean, whether he was holding him, I don't think it was. It kind of looked like he pulled, dragged him down in real time. But technically, if you watch the slow mo replays, which we all did, I mean, it, he kind of just grabs a hold of him. So it, it's a tough yeah. one. But anyways, we move on. I mean, yeah, the fans booed not just because I think probably in large part to that they didn't even get a foul out of it, and all of a sudden right. the ball defaults to Minnesota, and so there you go. Yeah. So we got the VAR thing going on. So. uh we uh, move on to the 27th minute, guys, and this was the first goal by Minnesota. This was, and now it's funny because uh, he tried a, uh, Reynoso tried a shot or a cross, went back out, went back to Reynoso again. He tries another cross in, and the goalie for RSL puts his hand out. It's kind of like a, it. no. puts a paw on it, but it was like a weird type of paw, right? It wasn't like, it was almost like he was double overthinking it. Like, what am I going to do here? He was like in between kind of a, you know what I mean? Like he was yeah, like, no, I, Oh, I should, uh, Oh, should I put it, should I put my hand out? Oh, I shouldn't. Oh crap. You know? Yeah. yeah I, know, I, I, I felt know. like he maybe had wanted to punch it. Yeah. But then yeah. he forgot how to punch. Yeah. <laughs> he just kind and of he had, slapped at it. Yeah. He's like <laughs> slapped it. You described described it perfect, Tony, so I don't have to go into detail. But, yeah, I, I think that was exactly – I think, you know, he's not going to one-hand grab that ball there, which is what he hoped to yeah. – it almost like yeah. he was half-hearted in his movements because I think he made the right move by maybe trying to intercede there because that could have gone back post very easily, I think, at that point. Um, but, you know, I just – so the goalkeeper was left in an awkward spot. But what I loved about Dotson there is, you know, Dotson cut kind of a feeble, feeble attempt, um, which is blocked. Ball came right back to him, fortunately, and he didn't panic. He was cool and calm about it now, and he put it into the upper netting. So just mm-hmm. I thought really, really, really good for Dotson to stay on that, keep his focus, and just finish it like he needed to. So, yeah, that was, that was really good. Yeah, was you know, I think it be there. Yeah, I honestly think re-watching it, um, I think the view was blocked mm-hmm. by his own – teammate and he didn't realize that there was Dotson right there like I think he it kind of looks like he maybe thought just getting his hand out was going to be enough and then all of a sudden it it palms down to the ground and he realizes that Dotson's right there and then he's like oh shit 
it, it's honestly what it kind of looks like. Is that so, again? He's not uh, Justin Jefferson. He can't make a one-handed grab on that. And also, like, it, it reminds me of like you know when 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 uh, soccer players kind of they're running and the ball hits them in the arm. They always put their arm like right back. You know, like, whoops, I didn't mean to fucking do that. That's what it looked like. He was like, oh shit, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like the Minnesota oop oop. Put my hand out, oop. You know. So uh, yeah, it was great to see. Uh, it was great to see somebody in front of the net, guys, to get that rebound off the goalie. Um, that is something we've been missing, they, especially the crosses in from, uh, well, from you know, from Ray. That's what we've been missing in the past. Exactly, the quality you know. of him on the ball, just creating those mm -hmm. opportunities. You're 100 percent yep. right. Just hadn't had that a lot. This mm -hmm. year. Yep. So yep. we get that, guys, which is uh, fantastic. We had, I think, another one, another couple by Sang Bin and Dotson right off, right after that mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. So we had some pressure on him, which was great. And then, you know, 10 minutes, 13 minutes later, guys, we get, uh, well, 12 minutes later, sorry, we get a Reynoso goal, which is uh, fantastic. Um, and yeah, this and one could, could saying Ben have teed up Reynoso any better? I mean, how do you, how does Reynoso get that left alone on the far post? There was no one there. Defenders, I, goalkeeper, uh, they all, yeah, it's almost down. like they forgot that he was there. I mean, it's, you look at it and you're talking about, I think it's Silva is the closest guy to him and he's got his back to him. Yeah. And then wow. there's another yeah. point that Ruiz finally realizes that he finally realizes right when saying Ben crosses it that, Oh shit. Ray is wide open and he sprints, but he's like 25 yards away and it's just it's, it's hilarious yeah i mean reynos is that far out coming down the right side you know right hand mm -hmm. side of the pitch and he has his arm up and everything just calling for it he saw it and all all that was needed to be done was get him the ball and fortunately yeah. saying ben realized that and i you know whether he saw him or not earlier just he got the ball in the perfect spot did that did that did the goalkeeper get a piece of that on its way over but might have no nah, maybe no but yeah. either either way it's just yeah he reynos Reynos is not going to need uh, a much easier goal than that going forward. I mean, he's going to put the that one, in every season. Yeah. The one defender that could have defended Ray was drawn towards Mender on Mender's run towards the other post, towards the. I, post. I yeah, I agree because that that was um, mm -hmm. that was a uh, uh, Silva, yep. and he was the one that was the only guy that could possibly mm -hmm. have defended, yep. and that that was it. Yeah. So over. fantastic. I mean, yeah. I hopefully I hope that Sangbin meant to make that cross. It looked like it. Um, he, he he looks like he's trying to, but he may have also been trying to go to Mender, who was very heavily covered. But mm -hmm. regardless, it went to Ray's <laughs> foot, and that's all that matters. And so and then, yeah, yeah. I mean fantastic right we're up two nil on point. the on the road you know just before halftime to be up two nil what more could you ask for especially this year when the loons have been lucky to score uh, a goal let alone two in the first half um we've talked about good halves before there's been a couple of them this year but this was the first one we can talk about you know with two goals in the first half i believe and um and yeah. uh what yeah, more do you first want? i mean it is the first time this year guys we've had two goals in the first half this first time. Um, yeah. And of course, it's also the first time in the first half of two goals 
that there were free fry, French fries, McDonald's French fries by halftime. So, I mean, that's, mm. that's exciting for everybody. Uh, all Wings sure, fans, yeah. I'm sure, excited about the free French fries. Of course. So, guys, all we have to – now, we've talked about this. We actually came up yesterday in our, in our texting. A 2-0 lead is the worst lead, I think, in all of sports. Soccer's 2-0 lead is, always, is the worst. It's the I, worst. I, I, and I – I get it. I get it. And you could say the same thing about in, in uh, hockey as well. It's, it works the same sure. way. It, yeah. The problem of course, is it, it, it may, you know, if, if maybe the opposing team, if they're down by one, they can be a little more conservative. They can play, mm-hmm. but when it gets to two, you're going to mm-hmm. see a lot more back and forth. You're going to see a lot more. You should anyway, see a lot more open play, you know, as that mm-hmm. other team is searching for a goal, a little bit more in desperation mode. And um, I guess that's why they call it that. It's always kind of laughable because you think, well, Oh, oh darn, we're up 2-0. I wish it was 1-0. You know, it's you, you don't yeah. say that, but you do as a you sports fan, we do know there is something to that 2-0 lead, but uh well, I, at that point I was I wasn't worried about it. I was just let's go for 3. Let's go, you know. Well, that's what should happen, right? I mean, we, we talked about this before. You yeah, need to go for another goal. Happen. What should happen? Because to explain it again, a 2-0 lead means the other team is going to try to get his just going to go gung-ho at you, right? They score that next goal. The field has now tilted to their side. All momentum's on their side. Yep. And it, more than likely, they're going to score another goal and potentially and, a third goal on top of that. And what's worse is, especially in this game, both of our goals are scored against the run of play. So we never actually had momentum in this match, even in the mm-hmm. first half, even leading 2-0. Look, it was yep. always heavily tilted to RSL with their possession. possession. And so to to even go into the second half with a two goal lead was crazy. Which is crazy talk. Yeah. So when we talk about we talk about yeah, sorry David, I don't want to step on you. Keep going. Well no, I, I was just saying now we're in that position where they're gonna put it on even harder and they were already putting it on hard. So it it's yeah, you have to go out and you have to match their intensity. And if you're not going to match their intensity, which we never do, nope. foreshadowing, um, then you're going to be in trouble with a two goal lead. Yeah, and we and certainly, certainly, uh, you know, RSL was the team that I, I guess probably made the most adjustments. You know, and and came out with exactly that mindset because you know it's not, we talk about possession all the time as well we maybe should but this one was heavily in favor of rsl for the, the duration of the match i think for you know yeah. i think overall did it ended up being like 70 30 or, or close to it and you know fine but then you know then the the storm really came on even in the first half i'm sure I, I think rsl had the shot advantage but in the second half it was just it was one-sided well, as far as shots yeah, at that point four minutes into the second half guys what happens we get that va another var decision oh. Yeah, that is yeah. basically they scored a goal. It went to VAR, and then they called it off because of offsides. Uh, no, it, was, right? it wasn't offsides. Yeah, it, it was, was impediment. It was impediment. It was impediment. Yeah, which but, is offsides. I mean, he was offside in an offside position, impeding the goalie, which I think was BS. Personally, <laughs> I, it was I, I BS. Kept... I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, look to he was to the left of of our of our Clint Irwin. He he wasn't in the way of the ball. He was off to yeah. the left, so I don't know why you would call it. Now, if he was to the right and Clint couldn't see the, the ball, I could see that. But 
He yeah, wasn't. He, they they showed that one view, the very last replay from behind the net, and it was just the camera was just to Irwin's left, mm-hmm. and you could see. I don't remember who it was, who was in the was in the line of sight. But yes. my God, that is I, I've always hated that call because mm-hmm. you're who cares? If he would have been yeah. a foot further back, he would have been onside, maybe a yard further back, he would have been onside. He could have been in the <clears throat> exact same position. The exact mm-hmm. same result would have happened. Just because he was a yard closer, it's a problem now. I, I think yeah. it's I think it's a dumb rule, but it's yeah. there and yeah, I remember. Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I'm glad I got your guys' explanation. I kind of, I was thinking along those same lines. But yeah, this is one of those where I just was essentially nervous laughing after that. After, you know, it's more booze from the crowd. Somehow mm-hmm. Minnesota's still up 2-0 at this point. And this is just one where I, I'm getting a little nervous here because that, you know, that was so close. It had to have been so close to being you know, left alone and, and, you know, as a goal for RSL. And so here they are, but it, they didn't score, but they're certainly at this point, just five minutes into the half, Tony, like you said, it's kind of becoming clear that RSL has some momentum that Minnesota is just going to have to deal with somehow. And if I could, it was all caused by Bongi. He had that terrible clearance that went right back to their feet and Mm -hmm. that all caused it. And I even texted (laughs) <laughs> Irwin, they showed Irwin saying clear the fuck or holy fuck or something, clear the ball. Like you could just tell he was yelling to clear the ball. Um and it was it was awful. And Bongi got saved by a, what I think was a poor call. But also props to um the referee, uh Tori, I can't think of what her last name is. That was fantastic because when she was walking back from the VAR camera or screen. She as she's saying what's gonna happen as she's doing the whole VAR symbol, she starts mm. smiling because she knows the booze are just gonna rain down, and that's exactly oh, yeah. what happened. Mm. She, and mm-hmm. it, the booze just come down, and she smiles even more because she knew what's gonna happen. I, I think yeah. she handled that very well because man, the RSL handled very well. Pissed. <laughs> yeah, I not I wouldn't be surprised if she had security on the way out of the freaking. Well, she probably didn't because they got a tie. Well, we all know it got a tie, but. You know, I, that's I was waiting for things to come raining down on the field. Uh, yeah, they were, you know, I was yeah. Dave. I was Dave. I was waiting for here come the pretzels. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was going to be rough. But yeah, it's just nervous, nervous laughing for me at that point in the game. I just clearly remember. Well, because because, you know, I mean, that first with the VAR, you know, bad shit's going to happen. You know, just bad shit. Yeah, we got lucky on that, but you know it's just it's it's coming. It's just there, you know. Uh they did get a yellow card though. There was some chippiness. Uh David, you mentioned that they did get a little chippy there the second half. RSL especially got chippy. Um, and there were a couple of fouls that I was like, that's it's getting to the point where there's some, some yellow should be called. And she did call yellow uh on Silva in the 58th minute. And I'm going, yeah, that there's gonna be more than just that yellow. Uh, but there really wasn't, which is surprising. No, I think yeah. the next yellow ended up being on Irwin for time wasting, which was exactly right. Interesting, considering it was should have been So uh, we head in, guys. Uh, RSL is getting chance after chance after chance. Uh, Justin Glad hits the post. Uh, we then make 
uh, sub, we bring in Dunbar for uh, Garcia, which yeah. is like, okay, uh, that's not yeah. helping anything. I mean, that's just not, we're not attacking anymore. We're totally on our back heels at this point. Uh, we are not doing anything in the attack that I saw. I mean, do you think, um, do, you, do you think, I mean, that's, I mean, I guess at that point, do you think that was, I mean, the, do you think, do you think that was tactical? Do you think, was, I mean, I know, I think Mender got knocked up earlier in the game. Or was it yeah, it was, he got knocked up right before that. Uh, oh, was it right like, before? Yeah, it might have It was been. maybe yeah. like five, eight minutes before that. Yeah, yeah um, he was down for a like really, minutes, really yeah. hard challenge mm-hmm. that actually, wait, wasn't that what led to the goal? There's a really, it was the really hard challenge and then. He gets crumpled over, and then he ends up. Um, um, ends up scoring the goal. So he was pulled right after the goal. The goal happened. That foul happened. The goal happens, and then Mender gets pulled. I think That's you're a little out of order there. Mender got pulled in. The, I'm just looking at it. the 67th minute. The goal was in the 79th. But I'm looking at the replay of the Masovsky goal, and it's definitely Mender crumpled over on the ground. Hmm. And then why do they have him? Then why do they have him coming out in the sixty seventh minute? That's weird. Because I remember it was like I I knew that uh, wasn't Mender who had gone. Mender had gone down earlier in the second half. I know for like four minutes Mender was down. Unless they got their shit wrong, which could be. I'm yeah. yeah I'm not. I gonna... could have sworn. I I'm almost positive this is correct because I could have sworn I was going to text. I'm like, wait, that was. Wasn't that a foul? How did that how did that not get reviewed by VAR? Because it started with that massive foul. I mean, maybe it wasn't Mender that got fouled, but I thought it was. Well, I got a, a feeling it's either Taylor or Valentin, one of the two. And I see I what you're talking Mender. about. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're talking about. I don't think that is Mender back there. And then is it Dunbar on the ball? Yeah. Just before he gets it. Is it In... Yeah, anyway, I can't tell. Anyway, yeah. we, we'll move on. We're doing that. In thing. any case, yes, he had yeah. gotten knocked, a hard yeah. knock right before, minutes before he was pulled out. Um, yeah. And then, so that was probably that issue more than anything. Because they were getting hit around. I mean, that was well after I had said that they were being chippy and mm-hmm. taking some shots. And I, I think that that's probably... More not not so much tactical, but let's just protect our only forward. Well, again, uh, when you have nobody, when you're playing both forwards in the same <laughs> to start the game, and you have no backup, really, I mean, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Uh, but this this goal from uh, Mazowski, I mean, that's that is a fast break. That holy shit, uh, that is incredible uh, ball placement. Uh, by I think it was uh, who, who had the assist on that? Was, I think that... It was Pablo Ruiz, and it was his long Pablo ball, Ruiz, yeah, that was yeah, Ruiz. yeah he, he's he incredible. Just, I mean, he from where he was on the pitch to get that ball, I don't know, call mm-hmm. it lucky. Was it, I mean, and Boxel's trying to keep pace, but mm-hmm. he, he was close to him, but not close enough. And I don't know, just I'm gonna give credit to Pablo Ruiz on that to get that ball where he mm-hmm. did. It's hard for anybody to defend. I, I mean. Could could we maybe complain that maybe Boxel should have been a little further back? But how? Yeah. Maybe maybe he should have. But it, it's maybe. hard to it's hard to react to a perfect ball like that. And but Clint Irwin, 
Clint Irwin does what he needs to do. He comes out, right, yeah. to to make it smaller, and he just can't get to it. I mean, that's it's there's nothing you can do in that situation. It's a it's a breakaway. It's a fast break. It's put perfectly on him, and you can oh, say but, that there was, of course, some hand checking going on there. But yeah, yeah. Whatever. Irwin tried to make himself bigger, mm-hmm. I think Tony. But um, yeah, he did. It's again, it's just hard to defend on 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 that kind of a ball wide open one, you know, basically one-on-one. And, and yep. I think by that point, Boxel was stumbling, like I said, did his best to get back and just couldn't, couldn't do it. But here, here's the goal we were afraid of. We've been, we've been worried about this goal since the first half, you know, mm-hmm. they've had two called back on VAR. Well, they finally got one probably, you know, if we're talking about run a play, like we were early, earlier, this is a, probably a deserved goal for RSL to yeah. be in this game. The, the way they were playing, they deserve to be in this game late. And here they are, they are right back in this game got Minnesota on the back heel like they were most of the second half. And so here we go. Now we can't just sit on the couch and enjoy the rest of the match. You know, we've got to be uh, well, nervous. We can't because uh, right after that goal, Heath goes, all right, now I'm parking the bus. This is it. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is what bring everyone in, hates. Yeah. Bring in Kalman, bring in Ariaga. Kalman comes in for saying Ben. Ariaga comes in for Dotson. I mean, this is like, this is these are two defensive moves right here. Yep. Um, and now Heath is saying, I'm going to try to rate out the next 10 minutes and try to get this game, go home with three points, which never, it never works. It not never, for, works. I mean, not for this not club. For it it, it no. feels like more often than not, it doesn't work. And that's mm-hmm. why everybody that's a fan of this team. It seems like at least on Twitter complains about, mm-hmm. you know, there's just one, it's one more thing to pin on Heath and complain about when things aren't going well, which they, I guess they really aren't at this point in the season. But you know, there, there is, there is an argument. And we talked about, there is an argument with parking the bus. It works when you coach it. Right. But it's, you can't just allow, you can't just allow a team that already has the momentum and has been applying pressure upon pressure upon pressure to just come at you mm-hmm. in this sense. Because at this point, Tony, as you said, we were completely defensive. I mean, we took off Dobson, who was already kind of defensive, but still mostly offensive. And you take off Sangbin, who, by the way, was the one that got fouled before the Mazowski goal. Um, and then the only two offensive players you have on the or three offensive players you have in the field at that point are Ray, Bongi, and um, Dunbar. And Dunbar is too young and inexperienced to really have much effect. And we've been seeing it already at that point, uh, Mm. 13, 14 minutes. It's just not happening. Um, And you just can't expect your defense to be essentially a five back line and two defensive midfielders to be able to withstand the pressure that's going to be applied now that you are not applying any pressure of your own. It's just not going to happen. You have to be able to get a counter for the park for parking the bus to work. And it, we're not going to get a counter with that, with those attacks. We're just not. And, and so it's just not a good scenario with us because we have inexperienced players that quite frankly, the quality of most of them isn't high enough to 
have the defensive um, the defensive know-how and ability to with, withhold that pressure or withstand that pressure. So it's just the barrage was already there. And then we made it so the barrage was just going to be even worse because if we're not going to apply any pressure ourselves, they have no reason to hold back. And that's the problem with our squad. That's the problem with Adrian Heath is he just wants to park the bus and apply no pressure. It it seems like, you know, a few years ago, this was the norm. If, if the loons had a lead in a game in a, in a close game, this always happened. It was, you Mm -hmm. always had to sit through the barrage at the end, mm-hmm. you know, and, but, you know, that hadn't been the norm, at least recently, you know, that we don't always see this happening in the last year or two. And so, yeah, that's why when you can already, t- you said it perfectly, I'm not going to say what you said, David, but uh, yeah, it just makes it a little bit more frustrating. And then they kind of up the ante, of course, in the 90th minute bringing on, well, Hey, great. We get to see Debossi's, uh yeah. 2023 debut mm-hmm. for this club. Fantastic. But of course there goes yep. one of your, very few attacking players off the pitch with Rand. Yep. You know, so. And and that is exactly the problem. So I don't know. He was subbed in at the 90th, right? So mm-hmm. we should have known already that it was going to be nine minutes of stoppage time. That mm-hmm. means that you're not, you don't have to play a six man defensive back line because that's basically what it was. Right. Um, for, you know, three minutes. You have to play for nine minutes, and that is yeah, a shitload of time. I had forgotten. We we had already talked about um, uh, uh, Mender Garcia's, you know, kind of injury delay. I had forgotten. I'm looking at. I had I had forgotten about Boxel. He was delayed. Mm-hmm. I guess what just in yep. the eighty somewhere in the eighty. Yep. Yeah, when Calvin and Boxel knocked heads. Yeah, yep. yeah, I forgot about that. That, but uh, yeah. So and then you, had the, you had the VA and the subs mm-hmm. and the subs and yeah, subs. there's. So you mm-hmm. can't be outraged at the eight, what they call eight or nine minutes of added time. Yeah. No. Good point. I, I think I think this was terrible miscalculation by Adrian Heath. I, I think when he saw it was nine minutes, I think a smart manager would have left Ray on because mm-hmm. you with nine minutes, I mean even five minutes, you need to have at least some attack. You have to. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it goes right back to what I just said a, a couple minutes ago. Yeah. If you're not going to apply pressure at all, that's a long time to withstand a whole shit ton of pressure. It is. And, and the, you and know, it's, it's impossible. Yeah. And maybe, you know, granted, Reynoso had only played what? Uh, I mean, he hadn't played a full 90, of course. Here, here's getting his first 90, you know, so you can talk about match fitness and all, all you want. And, and but what's valid. Nine so, gonna... but yeah, good point. And that's where I was going because who's the one player on this club right now that can actually maintain some possession, you know, right. being efficient in his distribution. It's, it's Reynoso by far. Now that p- player's off the pitch and now, you know, it's, it's going to be desperation. It's going to be just, yeah. you know, there's no, there's going to be no dribbling to the corner, maintaining possession. It's always at that point, we knew it was just going to be withstand the last nine minutes of pressure. Yeah. And it, what's worse is you can get um, trap and, Ariaga to play forward if you have to, right? They can play forward and attack. I mean, they're not great at it, but they can. So you leave Ray in because, again, what is another nine minutes going to do? He's played 90. I mean, at this point, it doesn't matter, right? So you leave Ray in and you try to hold 
some semblance of an attack for those last nine minutes, or at least the next five minutes, okay? And then with the last three or four, then you can bring Debasi in for those last few minutes. But you try to hold some semblance of attacking pressure. You push Trap up or you push Ariaga up. You try to give something to make to keep Arzal honest. We, Dave, as you said, you remove the one guy on the team that can hold possession in any way, shape, or form. And there is absolutely nothing to keep RSL honest anymore. They could literally bring nine guys forward. And it you're not going to withstand anything. It doesn't matter. If it's if it's nine against ten, that's not a good that's not a good situation. I mean it's not. And so and the, so that's what happened. Yeah. It's a Man. it's the way it works, guys. It's the way that this team has played or this this coach has coached since he started here, right? Yeah. He's made kind of these foolish decisions, especially late in games that don't make any sense. Yeah. Like keep going. You have Ray out there. Keep going. Keep attacking. Keep going for another goal. You know, the only yep. thing I could say is the only thing you really do with that in that situation with no attack is to have your defenders just kick the ball as far as they can. The other way, every time it comes down, like you do in hockey, you right. know? and that's all I can say. And that's a well. I mean, that's essentially what they did, more or less. Yeah, and, they but tried. Then that doesn't, and that's fine and good. But then that it, you're still gonna welcome wave after wave mm-hmm. of RSL attack, and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, in the 98th minute, not quite at the death, but basically, and it was uh, a death. It it more it might as well have been, and I don't know. I mean, what a what a strike by Glad, but. Man, yeah. he he was he was left on. I mean, he, he got he had too much space. It was essentially what a one timer. Just no boxel slid off of him. He had too much space. Why was he allowed to just that much space to one time that ball in and just? I mean, hell of a strike. He put it in a spot yeah. that was going to make it very difficult for Clinton Irwin to save. But the, I guess you could complain about the fact that boxel kind of just slid off and left him way too much space. You know, one of their most dangerous players, you know, on the pitch, and he's kind of left open. Yeah, I mean, I would say if we had to pin anything on anyone, uh, this was both goals were Boxel's fault. Um, this one was without a doubt his fault. I mean, the first one you could just argue he was a little too slow, right? But um, I, I, I think it, it just comes back to you're going to bend for only so long until you're going to break, yep. and that's what we were doing. We were at that point. You know, personally, Monday morning quarter, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, what the hell, Sunday <laughs> evening quarterbacking. Um, you know, I think it would have been smarter to leave Dotson in and bring Kalman in mm-hmm. um, and leave Ariaga on the bench because I think it made would have made more sense to have that five man back line with kind of a pretty standard attack in front. And I sure. think that would have done what we needed because I think Dotson and Ray were play, playing pretty well together. Um, oh, I that, that, yeah. In that rotate, in that kind of that that rotation into attack from from the midfield, I thought they were playing pretty well together. And so, well, glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think that if they would, if Heath would have kept Dotson in, 
and pulled Sangbin for Kelvin, you know, probably when they did it, right? Um, 80th minute or whatever that was. Um, I think that would have done it. I think that would have been enough to keep RSL honest for another 13 minutes. And then in the 93rd, 94th, 95th minute, then bring in another defender at that point. And it probably would have worked. Yeah, I, I just think Heath has always been bad at pulling the trigger too early and making the wrong substitution when he does. Yeah, good good point. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, you, if you look at the passing network, there's a real strong connection uh, between um, Dotson and, and Reynoso. And, that, and that part of that is the Reynoso effect, having him back, of course, starting that could playing, be, yeah. playing 90 you know minutes. But, but it is it is it was nice to see, you know, going – it's more let's get the ball to Reynoso – but that their interaction was good. It wasn't so much hope and a prayer, you know, from across wide. That's not what we're looking for. We have the skill in Reynoso to, to kind of maybe take the, the attack up the middle of the pitch a little bit more than they certainly Yeah, you, you know, and I thought um, that whole midfield overall was very good. I thought Trapp did a very good job um, transitioning. Dotson was very good in that transition phase, and Ray was working really well with them. I mean, that's, I think that's what we're going to see going forward. I, I think that makes sense. Um, there's a reason why Ariaga did not get called up. Because mm-hmm. I personally do not think he's played well this year. I think no. he's probably the weakest link in our midfield. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it shows by the fact that Honduras chose to pick someone else. Well, and I think yeah, that's anything- why... And he hasn't been getting the playing time here either. Right. So, And it, I think that is a, a correct decision. Um, part of Adrian Heath is coming out in this match, Ray's first match starting, having Dotson and Trap. I think that was the strongest midfield transition that you could have. And I think that it showed all game. I thought they did well. I mean, they were excellent, but they were well. They did well, and I think it. If they would have held that, held that trio together for ninety minutes, we would have come out of that game with a win. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I, it's just it's frustrating. I, I any any time you give up the goal to tie the game in the closing minute, I mean, it's just it's frustrating. I mean, it's 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 you can't it, say it, anything else, you know. Tony, I was thinking about something you and I were talking about on Saturday. Um, I think you brought it up, but we, we were in agreement. This team has been tough to watch this year. It's been oh, tough yeah. to be a fan. Obviously, you know, in the, the standings, they're not where we'd want them to be, although some of us predicted them to be right where about they are. And uh, But they're just not a fun team to watch, and they've been, be, you know, they've been disappointing in different ways. And now we've been complaining about all season, not being able to score goals, not, not doing enough offensively. And here we are, a game where they score two in the first half, Mm-hmm. looking great yet they find a way to drop points you know and it's mm-hmm. just it's so frustrating as a fan to watch there's no doubt about it i mean i guess it could be worse it wasn't two weeks ago in montreal you know at least no. you know in a four nil defeat at least no. minnesota came away with a point on the road oh. but yeah frustrating to watch to lose it at the end again brutal so yeah we we draw this game guys two two rsl we get a point, but it doesn't really help us in the standings because we're way down at the bottom. Um, but everybody's kind of in this – most teams are in this muddled middle, I'd call it, in the Western Conference where everybody's yeah. kind of jockeying for positions. And we're, we also have a – we have a 
um, two games. We have uh, most teams have played like twenty games. We only played eighteen, so we have right. a couple games in hand on a couple teams. So there's that. Um, but we'll see. The, the but, offense is looking better. That, the, true, you know. Tony, hey, if I could be the negative, start... could I be the I, negative person? Here yeah, and I was just I'll, sure, before you do. David, I, before you okay. do, David, I was just going to say, Tony, you're sounding like me, being trying to be optimistic and everything. But yeah, you, but, but, but you look at the points per game, 1.17, that's nowhere near good enough. Although the only, no. if, I, if I was going to be optimistic, David, before you're pessimist, I'd say, yeah, there, there are still what? There's, there's a number of games left to play here, barely halfway through the season. But, uh, you know, you could say, hey, you know, I was looking at two ways. I'd say, well, darn, now they're four points behind ninth place Vancouver, but Mm -hmm. they're only six points below fourth point, fourth place Houston. So eh, Mm -hmm. I guess, but they have to go on a little run. They haven't done that, you know, other than, you know, when they were getting lucky and winning games one to nil early in the season, they haven't really gone on a run and they're going to need to do that now with Reno. So back for sure. That's right. Okay, and we don't want to sit it. and I want to, I hope they do it quickly in the next few games here very quickly, because there's three games, I believe on the schedule before they the month long break for the, mm-hmm. for the uh, league. So please come yeah. um, Is it the league's cup? Uh, okay. Now I'm going to be negative. Yeah. So, yeah, I got- you know, we have three games in hand against Kansas city. Who's in front. Who's again, who's beating us because of what are they beating us? Goals for something like that. That would be the first tiebreaker, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then we we have we're a point behind Portland, and we have two games in hand against them. Um, but then lowest playoff spot, we're even on games, and we're four back. We're doing one. 0.17 points a game, which means even if we won or we got our average, mm-hmm. we're still only in 10th place. I mean, yeah. even with those games in hand, we're still only in 10th place because we, 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 we never can't... overcome Vancouver. Yeah, we, we can't sugarcoat it. This was a massive game. Um and it's a game, you know, Minnesota has four victories on the road, only one home. It, and so we can't They've had success on the road. They had a two-goal lead. It was a massive game. They needed three points out of this. They they, they really did to get them, you know, back up in the standings. So yeah, it's yeah, it's I, easy to be I negative. Just, and I mean, it's not even it's not even that it's easy to be negative. It's just reality. It I mean, is. This team is a bad team, and it, anybody that tries to argue that they're they're good really just needs to shut up because they are not good. There is not a facet of this team's play that is good. There's a lot of average. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe Ray, maybe. Mm-hmm. I thought he looked average, above average last night. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he was his first 90, right? Yeah. So maybe Ray, he's going to come back and get to where he should be. And then he will be the very good but he's going to be surrounded by 10 average players. Mm-hmm. And this isn't, this isn't a sport that the one guy is going to save you. The one guy might do something to, you know, keep you in it every now and then, but you need, you need everyone on this squad to step up. Yeah. And, and you can bring it back. Come back. Yeah. 
you can bring it back to Ray. Not, not, I'm not putting the hit any kind of blame or I'm not putting, I don't even want to put the weight of the team on his shoulders, but you know, it's one of those things where you expect when you have a player of race quality, you expect players around him to be better, to be right. given the better opportunities. And, and we saw that, you know, I think as soon as, you know, Ray came back and played limited minutes in second halves, we saw that. I don't know that we saw that much last night though. Yes. Dotson got the goal because of Reynoso yeah. in large part due to Reynoso's efforts down the right side. But you know, that, you know, maybe he was more lucky than anything. I don't know. I, I think, I think we'll see it a little bit for sure. Uh, I think you've got a big problem coming up with um, when Franco comes back from whatever he's doing. Um, you're gonna have you're gonna have situations in the midfield like who, who's gonna be playing, who's gonna be you know. There's gonna be some competition, which will be good, right? Mm-hmm. Hopefully, um, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it can happen. Um, but I just don't know that Ray's not that good of a player to like to lift an entire squad. I mean, we're talking mm. we're talking a player that needs to be like European quality. And I'm sorry, Ray is not that good. He's good, he's very good, but he is not that good. This I, yeah, team maybe, is very, very, very average. I, I can get behind that. I think I certainly can. You're right. He's not. Yeah, he's not that good. But he's certain. It's so. It, it's so clear. He's the best player on the pitch for at least this without point. a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he, it, you know we and, and and the reality is not uh, not to cut you off, but the reality is, is I think the game plan that we had in this game in the first half. Mm-hmm is an okay game plan. I'm okay with that. If you want to um, play the possession game where you're going to, you're going to do 30, 35% a game, that's fine. If you're going to convert on your counters, like we did. Fantastic. That's, that's, that's a legitimate tactic and I'm okay with that. And I think Ray can bring the squad up. To that level because he showed they showed it last night they weren't great last night but they were they were good enough to do that the problem is is that you need to maintain that tactic throughout 90 minutes you can't all of a sudden decide oh we're up two goals we're gonna sit back because you have to have the bench then to be able to maintain that if you're going to start pulling subs and putting in a defensive guy to to absorb pressure we don't have that. So if we can play the way we did in the first half and maintain that for 85 minutes, okay. But he has to manage his subs appropriately. I, I That doesn't mean that he plays everyone until 85th minute and then finally makes subs, right? He needs to use the right subs at the right time. Yeah, and right. it, yeah. he didn't show that last night, and he hasn't showed that much at all this season. I mean, there's what's, a few matches that he's done some no, decent subs, but you're right. Let's hope maybe it'll get better when maybe they Heath has his like preferred starting eleven out there, and maybe yeah. a deeper bench that they didn't have obviously yesterday. But 
Yeah, there's still a reason to be concerned, and, and there's warm, you know. I, yeah, and I that's why I wanted to stop being too negative there and say I think that if we can pull off what we did last night in the first half, and we can do that, I think there's a path forward. Yeah, potentially I, I think, into the playoff side of the line. It's funny you may say playoffs, and I think that's what a lot of Heat outers are 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 complaining about is you know especially now with Reynoso back you know, this team maybe does have enough talent to squeak into the playoffs in that ninth or eighth, you know, seed and, and just do enough to make the playoffs and for the, what, fourth, fifth consecutive year. And I, I, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Save Heath's shop. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to That's Again, you know, let's go back to my rant about Pookie. That's why I don't want him because I guarantee yeah. you, and I told this to Blake on Twitter mm-hmm. um, yesterday, I think it was. I don't want them to make any signing investment this summer because it all our summer signings seem desperate and they're always to save his job. That's the whole point of them. And we never integrate the players well. And then we have to wait till next season. It's kind mm-hmm. of like Lud. He's a great player. He didn't play well his first or the second half of his first year here. And then we had to wait until the next season. And also he played well. That, but he did just enough to help the mm-hmm. team get where we needed to be to yeah. save his job, and that's the problem. We, I, they need to not invest money. They just need to stick with what we've got and power through it, and force Heath to be responsible for whatever shit comes out at the end. But I, I honestly do think they can play. Like I said, third time. <laughs> Broken record. If they play the way they did the first half last night, there's a path forward that, for many people, probably keeps his job anyway. Um, but it's like to be seen well, if there's enough here. We have so we have two games coming up this week, guys. One's a friendly against uh, one fuck. Is it one fuck? Is that what it is? No, it's <laughs> one FCK. That is uh, FC. Kaiser Slurton. Kaiser right? Slurton. Wagner Slurton. Kaiser Slurton. Slurton. Kaiser Slurton. They are the in the uh, they're in Bundesliga number two. Yeah. So second. they are in the second division of Bundesliga. So that's on Wednesday. They come here. I guess. I guess I heard that they were in town already, and they went to the watch party with uh, True North Elite at Malcolm Yards last night. So nice. That must have been fun. Uh, so we have them Wednesday, guys, which will be – it's cool to have a little friendly, you know, every, every – once a year, maybe twice a year. And then the real big thing is uh, Saturday night, guys, at Allianz Field, that will be Portland in town to play the Loons. That's a big matchup because uh, Portland is in front of us in the standings. And it would yeah. be nice to – be nice to get a win at uh, Allianz Field for a change. Talk and, about uh, yeah, I mean back to back big game. I mean, they're I guess they're all gonna we we can use that cliche over and over, I guess, as we get later into the season. But yeah, you had to get this game against RSL, you know, a club just ahead of you in the standings. Now they're further ahead. Well, I shouldn't say further, but they're still ahead significantly ahead. And yeah, same thing with Portland. You know, they're they're sitting there with what are they? They're at 22 points, just a point behind. Man. You know, that, that is a good thing, actually. You know, RSL is six points ahead of us, but they we have two games in hand on them. Um, so that's always a positive with RSLs with the loss last night. Um, but yeah, Portland. What yeah, team big... shows up? You know, what what team of ours shows up? 
at Allianz? That's the big question. Well, the, uh, that's a it's a huge question, what team of ours shows up. But also, I want to go into the future a little bit. I believe we have four games left, guys, before the All-Star break. And then, of course, we it's do. the yeah. Leagues Cup. So the big thing is you want to get as many points in these next four games as possible to set yourself yep. up after this Leagues Cup to go into the final stretch run. So they're I'm all saying they're all Western they're, Conference teams, Tony. Yeah. And you know, you so, Portland, exactly. Austin, Houston, and then LAFC. Yep. LAFC, which is I'm saying you have to I, I I think you have to win at least three of those games. I really well, do. Three, and, I, and Tony, three of those games are at home. You know, the only one yeah. being the only one that's not at home this month is is away at Houston on the twelfth. My brother. I think you have to I think you have to win three of those games. I really do. You have to go into this League's Cup on kind of a high note. Uh, because who knows what's going to happen during the Leafs Cup? I mean, injuries, uh, all kinds of shit could could go wrong here. I I think so, I agree with you, Tony. I think and it, I think it you do have to. It, yeah, nine it sounds, points. Yeah, it, it sounds yeah. It's like well, look at what happened. You know, heading into the bye week, you know, after coming off a four 0 defeat at Montreal was pretty rough to sit there for two weeks before playing your first game. And it could, if, if they don't go out strong, then you're going to sit for over a month, you know, sitting, you know, 12th or worse, if you don't do something like that, you know, go on a little run and get, you know, and, and you should, this team has won one game at home all year. And here you have three lined up Western conference opponents in, in you know, in the next couple of weeks, it, it's very crucial point of the season. Yeah. You know, I, it, it'll be Ray's first 90 at Allianz. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think, yeah, I, I agree, Tony. You need nine points going into All Star Break Nations League. Uh, you have to. You you we're at a point where this season could fall to pieces real or- fast. Well, I'm telling you right now, these next four games, if we come up like shit these next four games, if we end up with like three points or four points, the season's over. I, it just is. Because I'm telling you, you're going to League's Cup, and then so you have a pretty much a month-long break, and who knows what he's going to do during League's Cup, right? Who knows what he's going to throw out there? Does he like think like this is the um, U.S. Open Cup and like rotate his lineups all the time? Or, or uh, here's a I mean? scenario. Here's a scenario, and I, this is not what I'm predicting. I'm just saying, here's a scenario. Let's say they drop three out of these next four games here in the next two weeks. Let's say they drop three of the games. You know, maybe they get three points out of, but yeah, they're in a rough spot at that point. Does Heath then maybe pivot and say, okay, well, you know what? The league's cup. I think, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the top three finishers, you know, obviously the 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 the, the winner and the, the runner up, plus I think the third place winner gets a ticket punch to the CONCACAF Champions League next year. Does he kind of, if he has a rough stretch here in this month, does, does he pivot and say he's going to put all his marbles into, you know, trying to, you know, win a trophy um, how, how Cup may- and, and advance to the CONCACAF Champions League maybe. for the first time in this club's history? That would be significant. How, and maybe that's worth it. Maybe mm-hmm. it is, but how many chances does Heath get? It's like a cat with nine lives here, guys. I, it's it seriously is. He can't if he pivots like that, and he'll say he makes the you know the Concacaf, you know, whatever. 
everybody's going, oh shit, look what he did. And he's going to, he's going to the ownership group going, oh, look what I did. I'm, we're going to the CONCACAF. Look at that. Even though we're not going to make that playoffs this year, probably, we're going to CONCACAF next year. So give me another chance, you know? Which the yeah. funny thing about that, even if they did make the Champions League next year, uh, the funny, you know, this would be, of course, it would be exciting in the sense it'd be their first time, but we've seen what it, what that effect has most of the time on clubs, especially in their first or second appearance in that Champions League. Yeah. It kind of, their league play suffers because of it, of course, you have more games, it may, it only makes sense, but it could be, could be rough. Yeah, I, I don't. I, like I said, I'm not. I'm not hoping for that scenario. I'm just saying, what if you know? In, in I, I think we need to look at this entire thing as it's insane to think that he would get hired. He would get fired. Hmm. Period. And just admit the fact that our ownership and front office don't give a shit and are willing to stick with Adrian Heath. For as long Maybe. as he has shit on them and refuses to release it. Maybe. And he, but... it doesn't matter if we finish 14th and we get knocked out of the Nations League immediately. He's going to be here in 2024 and just be resigned to that reality and move on. And maybe, and maybe that's that's a short, concise way of putting it. But I mean, this ownership group. Maybe they don't care whatever we want to say about them, but they must understand that, you know, seven years as a head coach for one club in any sport is not normal. It's not. There's exceptions to that rule, but it's certainly not normal to have a run that long. And yeah, you can say, okay, maybe they make the playoffs for four years in a row. Well, guess what? I mean, just that's David, you've said this before, but just making the playoffs should not be the bar. That should not be the, okay, this is what I know Minnesota is the land of mediocrity in many ways, especially when it comes to pro sports, but that can't be the bar that you're shooting for. And if you make the playoffs, then consider it a successful season. It's not enough. There's a not reason why league. there's a reason why the state of Minnesota starts with an M and mediocrity starts with an M. I'm just saying. That's true. <laughs> it's easy to uh, say, it makes sense, but, but yeah, especially this year when nine out of the 14 clubs in the West and, you know, make the playoffs, that's just not good enough to be a ball. Yeah. You know, I think if you wanted to make that argument that top four every year, okay, mm-hmm. that's, that's valid. Maybe even top five might be mm-hmm. valid, but not the, not just getting over the line. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, even in a normal season before this year, like that's still not good. But now this year, you're just flat out shitty if you to make the playoffs at the bottom spot. I mean, mm-hmm. there is nobody in this 14 from well, you know, I guess I guess Austin has played well this season um, at times. Right. Vancouver has, is underperforming, but I don't think I would pick either of those two teams to finish the season top four. They're going to sit down there. They're going to stew down there. And that's how it's going to be. I mean, and that's the way it is. And they won't make a run. And we still won't deserve to be above them. It's, it, I think um, this it, it's going to be an interesting finish, and I th- I'm yeah. glad we talked about the, these next few games coming up because they are insanely important. I just, you know, looking at the standings, this this does 
you know, knowing, looking at it and saying, well, the loons are 11 points out of first place. Right. And I mean, that's, that's considering how poorly the loons have played at times this year, that's actually kind of surprising. Um, and, you know, you look at St. Louis, who's still, still clinging onto the top, I suppose, just, well, I technically, I mean, LAFC has a game in hand and technically has more points per game, but you know, St. Louis has seven losses this year, you know, it's just somehow they've managed to win 10 while losing those seven. It just this year maybe has a different feel to it, but yeah, it's not going to matter if, if this club doesn't start performing. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think uh, personally, <clears throat> I think if the FO, the ownership group cared, they would be actually making a concerted effort. I'm not saying on this level, but on signing players. Like, we would be hearing rumors about us lodging transfer bids mm-hmm. for players who are Minnesota's level of Messi and Busquets, right? Like, we would be hearing – Pookie is not even a Minnesota level of a Messi. Like, we would be hearing rumors of Minnesota – lodging transfer bids for players that we shouldn't even be in the conversation for. If they were serious about saving the season and actually competing, we'd be making, we'd be in the news trying to spend money on players that we would never be in the conversation for. We're never going to get, but they'd be trying and we, people would know about it. And we're not. The only rumor has been a washed up, Scandinavian who isn't worth spending a dime on plain and simple. That's the it's only a- rumor that we have had. <laughs> and, and we don't even have to spend a dime on it because he's a free transfer. Right. So it's a shame. It's a shame. We don't have Connor on to back up Pookie. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> it's a one I, I, I might be being here. a bit brash because he's not up. I Let's- mean, the, that's, that's the thing though. Like we're not even in, we haven't even had rumors beyond Pookie. That's it. That's the only rumor. That's what we get. I mean, so, come on. We'll, we'll finish our bitch session. Uh, we'll move on because uh, we should get out of here shortly. Yeah, um, but uh, just one quick funny story before we get out of here. We don't have Connor for history tonight. Uh, one funny story out of the land of Illinois. Guys, an Illinois man was charged after telling police he shot himself in the leg during a dream about a home intruder. So a uh, suburban Chicago man is facing firearm charges after he told officers he accidentally shot himself in the leg while dreaming that an intruder was breaking into his home. So the Lake Barrington man uh, was charged uh, two months later, blah, blah, blah. Deputies who found a 62-year-old man with a gunshot wound to one of his legs applied a tourniquet because he was losing a lot of blood. The man told investigators that he had a dream that someone was breaking into his home, and during the dream, he retrieved his 357 Magnum revolver and shot at who he believed was the intruder. When he fired, he shot himself and apparently apparently woke himself up from the dream. Yeah, this is why, That's- I mean, I say, I say this all the time. I say this all the time. I know it's going to sound like a broken record, but just don't, this is why I don't sleep with guns. I mean, nor any of you should. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I understand. Wait, so what was he charged with? Well, this is the funny thing now. So he was charged. Investigators determined there was no burglary attempt at the man's home, 
but they found that his state firearm owner's identification card had been revoked and he was still in possession of a firearm. So okay. he was not supposed to have that weapon. Uh, well, wait, so he, if he would have legally had it, then he wouldn't, he wouldn't have been charged with anything. What no, state was this, this? Tony? Illinois. Oh, okay. So if he had like, shot I, himself, I was wondering, okay, I was wondering if it was like a illegal discharge of a firearm in city limits or something like that. You would think but, it could be, depending on what state. I mean, that's the problem. Gun laws are totally different in, in a lot of states. And well, and even in you certain, states certainly change. Yeah, certainly you like I'm I'm assuming here in Minnesota, I mean, if you discharge a firearm inside of uh, I guess yeah. I mean, it, have, like for instance, if I went out back and shot a gun, I would get a fine for illegal discharge of mm -hmm. shooting a gun within the city limits. However, right. if I went across the street, it's not the city limit. It's outside the city limits. So you yeah. can do it because the like county doesn't have that law. See, and like in Florida, for example, I don't think that I don't think this maybe he could have been charged with discharging a firearm. But like in Florida, I don't believe you. You don't need any kind of paperwork to own, own a gun. Do you? I mean, yeah. In and Minnesota, you, you don't do, need a reason right? to shoot your gun either. Well, I mean, obviously, he was trying Florida's to shoot. Very different, but... Yes, yes he, he was shooting in a dream. I, I don't know yeah. how the fuck you dream about this shit and then you pick up your firearm and shoot yourself. I don't know how it happens. I, I, I mean, maybe you know, maybe he has a history of sleepwalking, hmm. but that would be even weird for sleepwalking. Like, I, I don't think sleepwalkers generally do stuff like that. I, I think they, they walk. And they may leave the house. Yeah. But they're they not don't pick gonna, up firearms. Yeah, they're not going to pick things up. And... No. No. So, yeah, that's, huh. uh, yeah, he's he's in trouble because he shouldn't have that gun. But, uh, and he shot himself. So that must have hurt, you know. So yeah, there you go. Just wait till, wait till his buddies hear about this one, you know. He's never well, going to yeah. live it down. Like, yeah. You'll be the bar. Unfortunately, you do hear about accents all the time, and but this one is just an odd one because if he was apparently sleeping or sleepwalking or whatever, I mean that's a bit unusual. You don't you hear about people maybe accidentally shooting themselves, pulling a gun out of a holster or their pants or whatever, but to shoot yeah. yourself in the middle of a dream—that that, I don't know if I've heard that one recently. Yeah. Dave, though, I, I agree with you. Um, let's avoid keeping your gun like on your bed. I mean, I've known people who sleep with a gun under their pillow. I can't imagine doing that. I can't. Like, I mean, I mean, unless you unless you are concerned that somebody is coming to get you, I can't imagine why you'd ever do that. But uh, yeah, please, PSA, store your gun safely, you know, yes. and leave it at that. Store a gun safely. Good job. And if you have a history of sleepwalking, maybe not have one at all. Exactly. Maybe. Uh before we get out of here, guys, I just want to uh, say another shout out to the Holler, who, uh, of course, gives our intro music. I don't think they really have anything coming up right now. Uh, but again, uh, check them out on Facebook, go to their website, the Holler, and uh, check them out. Thanks again for letting us use their music for our intro. You guys have anything else before we get out of here? Well, I'll keep this real quick, but uh, I'm assuming um, for our prediction segment, uh, I think we basically, based on our discussion we had earlier, oh, yeah, are we, we all... We didn't do one, but should we all mm -hmm. assume are we that we're going to pick Minnesota to win next Saturday, the first of July? Well, yeah, I'll sure. even give mine. I think it's two. It's mm, I'm going to say a two-one loss. Wow. They should win, but it's a two-one yeah. loss. Wow, I'm not going to go that negative. I'm going to go. Yeah, I'll make it easy. 
and quick 2-1 win let's go i'm gonna go with a 1-1 draw that's what yeah. i'm gonna go with because i just i just don't think it's gonna happen because we can't win at home so yeah pretty much they, they they might i sure hope not i sure hope we don't have any more frustration if they lose i almost hope it's three nil or something like that but i <laughs> here we are like you mentioned it alluded to david you know, it's going to be assuming it's going to be Reynoso starting playing 90 in front of the home crowd. They've only had one win all year. Darn it. At Allianz Field and MLS play. So come on. I'm going with a win. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, if everything's good, I would hope that it's it's Mender up top and then mm-hmm. Franco, Ray, Bongi across the midfield. Yeah. That's how I would like it. But again, how we still have no idea what's wrong with Franco um, is beyond me. I'm just going to assume that he's going to be healthy for Saturday. Yeah. And uh, I I that's too. what's going to happen. They just had to had to get a little break, maybe. Just a little, yeah. you know, get out, I mean, get out of here for a while. It, well, personally, didn't feel like he was playing poorly, so I hope it's not something like yeah. that. Just, yeah, exactly. He hasn't been, hasn't been bad. No. All right, guys. Let's get out of here. For myself, Tony, for Dave and David, we'll talk to you guys next week. Go loons. Go loons.